Good Tuesday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. DC Sports Rundown. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Coming through with just, uh, I, I didn't even do moaning Monday because I was like, I don't want to moan too much. But we coming through with our recap. The boss BJ will be joining me uh, soon. And I just, ah, man, it's it's hard to, to, to jump in and say, well, that's uh that was a, a an expected game. No. Kansas City was wounded. We should have put the wounded dog down pretty much. Then everything that happened off the field with Sean Taylor's 21 being retired. Uh then I don't know if it happened before game, after the game, Jackson Mahomes and his thing. We're going to unpack all of that. But without further ado, we got the man that signs all the checks, the legend, the showstopper, the icon, the boss, BJ. What is up, my brother? What's going on? What's happening, man? I'm just, I'm here. <laughs> I, look, I told him, I said I couldn't do moaning Monday because I would have moaned too loud Monday. Oh, man. Hey, you know, I'm reeling and I'm, I'm <sighs> still kind of pissed off. So, but, you know, it is what it is. And I just, you know what I really hate, man, before we really dive into this. I hate the fact that people feel like that you can't be critical of your team and not be a, a, a true diehard bleeding fan. Like, that's, that's just nonsense. It, you can be critical. You can still support the team. You can still support whatever it is, whatever it is. But you can be—it could be your job. It could be something that they're not doing correctly, and still be a, a faithful, loyal employee. If that's your thing, you know. But that's true. Please stop the nonsense that you can't be critical of a team's play on the field, a coach's decision, a, a player's play without being a fan. You get to do this. This is the beauty of. Sports talk radio is the beauty of the podcast blowing up, and people like you, I, um, Delonte, Junie, Big Jim, Gary, uh, the Don, the Nubian Sumo, you know, and everybody else that joins us. This is this is our platform to express ourselves, you know, and that's what we're going to do tonight with the Washington football team losing to the Kansas City Chiefs at home, man. You know, looking at this game, let's let's focus on the game first. This was a, a tale of two different halves. Yes, it was. Washington played pretty damn good the first half. I don't know if they went in and made any adjustments that you should have made at halftime should have been minor because they were holding Mahomes in check. They, you know, the offense just needed a, a kick in the pants. Second half, yep. right? So, um, they. Picked off Mahomes twice. Second half, everything just went to shit, for lack of a better term. You know, Mahomes finished 32 of 47, 397, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, what's his name? Um, Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams. He had 
21 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's four touchdowns that were scored on Washington Sunday. Mahomes, three carries, 31 yards. Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 99 yards. Tyreek Hill, nine for 76 with a bum hamstring, and they kept him in check the whole first half. He had one <laughs> touchdown catch. Um, Demarcus Robinson, what did you have? Three catches, 46 yards in the TD. Okay. <sighs> offensively, offensively for the Chiefs, defensively for the Washington football team. They played well, but here's, this is a game that I, did, I, I had circled on the schedule. I said this is, might be a loss. But coming in, Kansas City offense is not moving. This defense kind of sort of found its footing a week ago, and they kind of seen some things. But I saw a lot of selfish play on Sunday again. And Ron Rivera came out and said some things. He said, you know, it's a, lot of, it's a lack of discipline, and that's on me. And I said that Sunday. I said this team plays this defense plays with no discipline. They just you've it's been like saying that you've been saying ahead. that for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Not just not just last just over the weekend. You've been we've been we've been noticing and talking about the defensive failures and you said probably the last two or three weeks at least, I can remember vividly. Um but you know, I don't know if it was on the podcast or just our conversations we have on WhatsApp, but you said over oh, over again that this team lacks discipline. Not even just the defense, the team. The team lacks discipline. And it's um, very, very, very – I don't know how to put my hands on it, KG, because this isn't like a Ron Rivera team. This isn't like a Ron Rivera coach team. We watched what he did in Carolina, you know, and for this team to be as undisciplined – as they are, especially defensively, where that's, you know, his side of the ball, his bread and butter. I just can't put my I can't put my hand on it. I just don't get it right now. I, I don't understand if, you know, maybe Ron's still recovering, you know, with his cancer scare and he maybe doesn't have the energy to to do, you know, coach like he used to. I, you know, I don't know. You know, and I'm not, you know, sitting here trying to, you know, ruffle any feathers or anything, but something's not right um, with this whole situation. It's, it's just not like Ron. It's, he's for for from what I've uh, from what I've seen, and you know, he's he's the, he's the let you know about yourself coach. You know, the 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 the, per, the, the coach that holds you to a higher standard. You know, that doesn't tolerate mistakes. You know, that's that's what I got out of him at Carolina. And for him to come here now and, like, what is it? Like, I just don't know. You know what's crazy? It's not like Ron Rivera. And you said something early in the week, well, Sunday. You said the way to kick off the week, firing Jack Del Rio. But, and I keep telling you, Jack Del Rio is not the problem. He's calling the right defenses. But when it's communicated on the field, guys are not in the right spot. And you're supposed to have a leader on the other side of that ball, on that defense, since we're talking about the defense. You're supposed to have a leader on that side. And if you look at the defense, you look at every man on that defense. Now, Chase Young, he's a young puppy. It's only his second year in the league. Landon Collins is the vet. 
Landon Collins is supposed to be getting those guys straight, getting them together. But hell, he be sitting there lost in the sauce his damn self. And I was just so- about to say that you can't. Nobody's going to respect, and, and you know, look, we give Landon Collins a lot of shit on this show, but nobody's going to respect what's coming out of Landon Collins' mouth, holding people accountable when you're back there, and you're one of the weakest links on the, if not the weakest link on the defense. So anything that comes out of his mouth is null and void immediately. You know, it's like, you know, you. And when I say fire Jack Del Rio. I don't want to seem like I'm placing all the blame on Jack Del Rio, as I'm not. This is a failure across the board. From him, let me let me let me start off. From Ron Rivera down, this defense has failed this year. Okay, you can say a scheme, you can say it's safety play from Landon Collins, you can say that it's four first round draft picks on the field and not getting to the quarterback. I'm tired of hearing that. Yeah, I I am too, but to a to a degree is tr- to a degree is true. If you have fir- four first round draft picks on your defensive line, they should be dominant, or they should be at least top fifteen in the league, which this unit is not. Mm-mm. And and that's the thing. That's that's why it's so easy to bring that up. But when I say fire Jack Del Rio, we all know Jack Jack Del Rio has been a mainstay in this league. Defensive side of the ball is his specialty. Sometimes you just lose that ear to the coach. Sometimes he loses the locker room. Sometimes he loses the guys, loses the 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 way to motivate them. And it's not his fault. It's not the. It's just the way it is. It's just how the NFL is. It's how the NBA is. You can have a, a success a successful run, and all of a sudden the guys just get tired of hearing you. They, they get tired. They want to run something different, but you're you're the type that you know is stuck in your ways. They want to try new things, and you don't allow that because you know you've been doing it this way. It's worked. It's kept you in the league, and sometimes that your voice is just not even. You know how it's that the saying goes one go in one ear and out the other. It's not even going in the ears. <laughs> we're not even hearing you because we're tired of hearing. You. And I think just a fresh voice, a different scheme. I just get KG. I get so frustrated with these coach gurus and everything being so stuck in their ways, not even willing to try anything different, anything different. Like move, move the guys around on the defensive line. Come out three four. Come out in the three four. Have Allen and Payne on the ends. Ionitis in the middle. Young and Sweat on the on the outside backers. Put your two your your, your young your young rookie linebacker in with uh, Cole Holcomb. Like try. Why not? Nothing's working. So why mm-hmm. not? Tr- why not try? Why not try to you know. A, a different variation of four three. Why not try? All right, look, look it, that's not working. We we going to nickel. We're going nickel blitz. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna br- go t- something. Bring bring the water boy on the field. Have him throw the bottles at the quarterback. Like I, I'm, it's like what? 
why is it so hard to adapt? If you can't adapt, and this is anything, it's anything. It's not just football and basketball. You can't adapt to things as they're going along. More than likely, you're going to fall behind or you're going to find your place and you're going to stay there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to back off. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> well, the Midnight Rider says execution, execution, execution. And that is absolutely right. Absolutely right. Now, here's a few bright spots. We're not going to dog the defense. Defense played fairly well. Cole Holcomb, 10 tackles in a sack. Jamin Davis, who was, you know, dogged the first five weeks, had 11 tackles, five solos, six assists on Sunday. Landon uh, Collins had six tackles. Uh, Bobby McCain, five tackles in the interception. Chase Young, three tackles in a sack. Uh, Casey Tuhill had a sack. So, I mean, they were getting in there. They were getting the sacks. And they, they were putting the pressure on the first half. Then second half, the, the offense was already stagnant. Then let, let, let's check the offense. Let's check the offense. You already, Taylor Heineke. You, as soon as you say his numbers, you already – I'm not even going to say it because I've been saying it for the last two weeks. So soon when you say Taylor Heineke's numbers – how many times he threw the ball and I'm just going to shut up that's what I'm going to do, let me just shut up 24 for 39 182 one touchdown, one pick why in the world did he throw the ball 39 times but we were behind, that's why then on top of that and uh, Antonio Gibson taken out of the game after a crucial fumble J.D. McKissick got the rest of the, you know, way Got the rest of the carries down the way. He was 8 for 45, McKissick. Uh, Gibson, 10 for 44. Patterson, 1 for 5. McKissick even led you in receptions, 8 for 65. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, go ahead. I want to stop you right there because two things I want to point out. Will we see a change in guard at running back position? Because we know Antonio Gibson's a dog, and he has talent. But something wrong with them hands, baby, because he can't hold on to the rock. And he keep letting that ball go in key situations. So is this time, are we going to see it going from they try to split carries and, and touches from J.D. McKissick to Antonio Gibson to now it being maybe 65, 35, 70, 30? McKissick, I, I really think, this might be McKissick's time to – I wouldn't be surprised if he starts next week. Okay? That's the first point. The second point, I think – yeah, it, 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 that's what I'm saying. Been two fumbles in six games and two crucial times. If I remember, the first fumble was they were backed up in their territory. He gave the ball right back. Mm-hmm. Was it the Giants game? No, that wasn't the Giants game. That was uh Chargers game. That was Chargers the first game of the season. Okay. And they and he gave the ball right back. Uh, yep, he gave the ball right back to the Chargers. So you can't hold on to that rock. You can't be a running back into this league. It don't matter how good you hit them holes. Um, you got to hold on to that ball. The second thing is, I think they went to the well way too many times with the dumping into the backfield. I thought it was effective, and I thought that I'm like, okay, bet. You know, McKissick, Gibson. 
Double Trouble, we talked about that on the podcast. Get both of them in there. Do your thing. But I think they went to the well way too many times, and then Kansas City started noticing uh, as much as Kansas City's struggling, they are they're still an NFL defense. And if you doing if you do something too many times, if you go to the well too many times, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get burnt. And that interception, that the hand up interception by the D lineman, he palmed it back on the uh, offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that's the case of it. They were waiting for that. Like they they he going he gonna keep going to it. And I'm gonna get my. That's one of the ones where you be like, I'm gonna get my hands on one of these. Exactly. I don't, I don't know which one, but I'm gonna get my hands on one. But we got another one of the Washington faithful, the one, the only. Touch out, reach out, and touch my hand. Let me feel your power. The Midnight Rider. Yo. It's- Uh oh, you still in? Oh, I think we lost. Did we lose? You got me. Got gotcha you now. There you go. All right, I'm I'm a victim of the mute button. My bad. I heard BJ talking, so I didn't want to come in and interrupt him. So, but nah, I just want a real quick thing because I noticed something sa- Sunday. Um, so I just want to throw two cents in and then get out the way and let y'all do y'all thing if y'all don't mind. You know, you got the floor. All right, so watching Haneke, um, I know everybody's going to say game plan. Everybody's going to say poor coaching, poor play calling. But I think what happened was Haneke finally found a team that kind of knew what he was going to do. So Buffalo took – I mean, not Buffalo. Kansas City took away that middle run. They they kind of um, did some shading of him, had a spy on him. So I think what happened, and it's hard when you're a quarterback and you're used to using your legs and they take your legs away, now you got to start going to that third, fourth, fifth read. And sometimes you're late on those reads. Um, There's a couple times he hit Terry late, coming across the middle, balls were behind him. The two late throws, um, there was one that was on a 39 where Terry was on, on the inside and I think he expected him on the outside. So he threw it to the outside corner of the end zone. Uh, which ended up in the incompletion. Uh, the Deami Brown throw didn't have enough air on it. So I think Haneke's showing that he really has to be perfect, and it has to be just right. Like the room has to be 80 degrees and no wind for him to get his. Um, once he starts struggling and you take some things away from him, he just isn't good enough from an arm talent level um, to get things done. And I think that's really what killed them Sunday. Well, it, it was a combination of that, everything else. And here's the thing. We, we're not getting production from the running backs. Now, granted, we had, what's that, 90? Nope, that's 80, 89 yards. 89 yards, three, 80, 94 yards total rushing, which is a problem. He's staring down receivers at times. He stares down Terry a lot. Terry was only four for 28. Scary Terry is a dog in his league and he should be at least getting 10 targets a game. And he's, he can't get them because he focuses in so much on Terry to bail him out. Here's a question. 
I've been I've seen it around Twitter. That's why I love doing this show on Tuesday nights. Is it time to pull the Taylor Heineke plug and insert Kyle Allen? Uh, no. I think I think he has. I think you got to give him to the bye because there's no need in rushing this decision. You figure out who he is. You figure out what he is. I've always said I think he's a backup. I think he's a guy that comes in. He's Chase Daniel Light. He's a Rex Grossman. You know, he's going. Ha- he might get another four or five years in this league, depending on wherever Scott Turner goes. But I mean, I don't think he's anything more than that. So just go ahead and let him get his next couple of weeks. And then after the bye, you figure out what you want to do. Because I think Ron's in the situation where he's going to evaluate. And I think if he thinks he has a chance, he's going to go with the guy he thinks gives him the best chance. And I think Allen, if he's healed up from the ankle, I think you'll see him before you see um, Fitzpatrick after the bye, though. Is Fitzpatrick, will Fitzpatrick be ready after the bye? I don't think so. I mean, when you talk about a hip, I mean, I, I don't think you come back from a hip that easily. So that's the other reason why I'm more confident in them going um, with Allen after the bye than anything else. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to stay on my stance with Taylor Heineke. He's a rookie. It's what rookies do. Rookies stare down. Rookies look for what's comfortable to bail them out. So it, the Washington football team has to decide, and they need to decide quickly. When is the bye week? When is their bye week? Week nine. So they have, they have the Packers next. I think it's the Broncos. I think it's bye week, Tampa and the Raiders. All right, mm. they they have to decide because we talked about this. I believe we talked about this. Are you in a rebuild? Or are you trying to win? Because if you're trying to win, the quarterback, other than Fitzpatrick, and that's that's shaky because he would still have to come back, get rhythm, get uh, acclimated with the offense again. You know, we, you know, and, and I don't think it would take him that long. So you have to decide as an organization where you are because the two quarterbacks that's on the roster now, right now, aren't going to give you get you to the playoffs. So with that being said, and I'm going to bring this name up because if you want to win, (laughs) oh God, no! if you want to win now and you think that your defense is subject because the offense is so bad. Remember, we always talk about this. Sometimes your defense is so bad because the offense cannot stay on the field. Three and out, three and out, three and out. Just like you saw Buffalo last night. They had nothing left. They just Tennessee wore them down. Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, blank, blank receiver. I don't even know his damn name. Anyway, you got to go get Cam Newton. If you want to, if, if the Washington football team feels like, look, the defense, we think, we think the defense Right now is on his heels because they want to feel so much. If you want to win now, and if you want to compete, because they're not going to win the division, they're not going to beat Dallas. That's obvious. And I'm sorry to hurt anybody's feelings. That's why they're not going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. 
It's just not gonna happen. Not this team right here. I believe in Taylor Heineke. I just t- think that unfortunately for him, he keeps being put in positions where he's asked to. You got to be the guy. You got to win. You got to win this game for us. He's done it twice this year. He's done it twice this year. He's a rookie. This is his sixth or seventh, whatever it is, start his entire career. So when he's staring people down, this is a rookie quarterback. Yeah, he's been in the league since 15. But you still got to get that them, them live bullets. And he hasn't got them live. He's getting them now. He's getting different defenses. Now he's getting people preparing for him. Oh, he is mobile. We're going we gonna to spy this. We're going to blitz here. He likes to stare down here. You, you're getting professionals that get to prepare a week for you now. And I don't, I, don't, I don't blame him. This team goes on the field from the first half to the second half, and they make no damn adjustments the whole game. Like, they, like I said, they went to the well on the, the dump-offs to Gibson. They were working. They were open to Gibson and McKissick in the flats. They went to it way too many times. Way too many times. So... If this is what the great Scott Turner has, then that needs to be reevaluated. Not just Jack Del Rio, but if 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 I'm Ron Rivera, if I'm you know talking to the GM, if I'm having it, look, I'm going to my look. We got a chance. We can get in a wild card spot. I need Cam. I need Cam. Cam is going to win now. Cam is going to win now. I gotta, I gotta disagree with you, BJ. I really do. I have to disagree, not because I don't have faith in Cam Newton. I don't. And now, one thing I do agree with both of you gentlemen, I don't agree with pulling the plug on Taylor Heineke. That's number one. Number two, Ben, I have to disagree with you. I think you got to give Taylor Heineke the season. You got to see what this cat can do. Everybody's saying it's an experiment, but he has to be coached. And I. When I say stuff like this, people think that I'm crazy and it's out the way. But you know who he would benefit from with just a, a couple of workouts. And I'm not even going, I'm not being facetious. I'm not joking. If he did a couple of workouts with Jim Zorn, you would see a totally different quarterback. I'm telling you, he would be a little bit more efficient. You would see the improvement. Every quarterback has ever worked with Jim Zorn as their quarterback's coach. The year that they worked with him, they improved and had their greatest season. That's number one. He would improve working with Jim Zorn, but that's not on the table. Not going to happen. Going to get Cam may not be the answer because then Cam has to come in and then he has to go through COVID protocols and things like that. And he has to get i'm sure he can get through the playbook i think the playbook he ran under uh scott turning in carolina correct stop stop it i want what you I do to, i want you to stop listen to me okay you don't bring cam newton in and say here learn this playbook you don't bring ryan fitzpatrick in and say here learn this playbook if somehow they made a trade for deshaun watson you don't say here, learn this playbook. You you bring these guys in and say, here's the playbook. Let me know what you like out of it. I'm going to tailor it to you. 
This is the mistake that these teams continue to make. And if you don't think Brady, Rodgers, um, Josh Allen, um, Ryan Tannehill, let's take Ryan Tannehill, okay? Uh, I, I got some choice words for Ryan Tannehill, but this isn't a triple X rated show. Ryan Tannehill is in a perfect situation. He is a mediocre quarterback that you now have to respect because they got Derrick Henry in the backfield. If you watched that game last night, the Buffalo Bill linebackers bit a couple of times hard on the fakes, which left A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, free in the middle of the field. Wasn't no special throws. It wasn't no hard, difficult between two defenders over right over somebody's arm throws. They were wide open. We have to stop with these coordinators. Oh, you have to learn this bullshit. If you bring Cam Newton in and you don't tailor a playbook to him, you don't need to be an offensive coordinator in this league. That go for Scott Turner, Al Saunders, Steve Spurrier, uh, Brian Dable. It go for everybody. Kyle Shanahan. And I'm not saying these guys do. I'm just saying, when you get a particular talented quarterback, if you get a West Coast quarterback, are you going to sit there and all your plays are going downfield? That doesn't make any damn sense. If you have a West Coast quarterback, he's a West Coast quarterback for a reason because he doesn't have a strong arm. He's accurate under 20, under 25. So you got a whole bunch of plays in the playbook designed just for that. You know he's not going – he might be able to hit you downfield every now and again. And that's just the if, – if you have a strong-arm quarterback like Josh Allen, especially let's take his first season, and you're asking him to run West Coast, that's not his specialty right now. He's a deep ball thrower. Now, is he better at that now? Yes. You don't bring Cam Newton in and say, learn his playbook. You don't bring Taylor Heineke in and say, learn this playbook. Look, I got to go through with you what you do the best. What throws can he make? That's, that's what the offensive coordinator has to determine. That's not something you sit down with Heineke and ask him. You know as an offensive coordinator, you watch him in practice. All right, he's, he can't, can't make that throw. He can't make this throw. Um, or he can, he can, he kiss. I got to take this out. I got to black this out. Um, he got some wheels. I'm gonna put this in, put this in, that in. Like, I, I KG. That's bullshit, man. Um, but here's the thing. You know, Heineke got wheels. Why is the read option not an option? Why is that a sprinkle? You don't need to run it full. A sprinkle of it. And that, and that's what I'm saying. Why? Why, why is that not in the playbook? Why is that why? not in the planning? They, they could be doing. Look, you don't have a. Of course, you don't have AJ Brown and. Uh, Julio Jones, and you don't have Derrick Henry in the backfield, but you do have a quarterback that gives you the threat of running. So why not? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So who's failing? I, I blame the coordinators. I, well, I blame the offensive coordinator. Defense, that's something different. And here's the thing. Here's another question for you, gentlemen, before we get out of here. This goes to both of you. With the problem that we're having in the secondary, would you go out Knowing the, the 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 rapport that Ron Rivera has with this gentleman, would you go out and would you sign Eric Reed? They're not going to do that. That's not 
Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick have played their last game. That's not going to happen. It's not Eric Reed was in the he was in the seat he was in the, on, on a team last season. Bro, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They probably oh, no season rather, before last. They, they would probably rather go out and just get pepper spray and just hand it to the cornerbacks they have now and just pepper spray the <laughs> shit out of the receivers, or at least spray it in the air, give have them coughing and stuff, so they it will make them. They would be better off doing that. I don't even bring up Colin Kaepernick on this show or Eric Reed. They're not playing no more. That it's it for them. It's it. If if, if Kaepernick gets signed as a PR stunt by one of these bad teams. They need to fill some seats at the end of the season, sell some Kaepernick bobblehead dolls, have Kaepernick night, all that, all that nonsense. So, nah, it's not. It, it, and the sad thing is, if you, you have the people on the team, you may – William Jackson is looking like a really bad free agent signing right now. Mm-hmm. But you have, you have some people on the team in the secondary, in the wings, that could probably play and, and waiting for their shot. And they're not going to get this shot because of the salary cap, because this guy makes this amount and he has to play, which is BS. You have some guys in the wing. Now, you talking about Eric Reed. What about Jimmy Moreland? Jimmy Moreland's gone. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And Jimmy Moreland signed somewhere else. He signed elsewhere. What what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you're having all these problems in the secondary. And you had somebody in the secondary on the team last season that you let go that showed some real promise. And now you're having all these secondary issues. And it's just making you look stupid as hell. But here's here's the thing. You you, you talk about Jimmy Moreland being gone. You got Cameron Curl. They moved him over to free safety this year. DeShazer Everett can play strong safety very well. I love him on special teams, though. Um, you need you need a guy. You need experience. I'm not saying I would go away from Cameron Curl, but I would have if I if I'm the GM, I'm going to get Eric Reed. I'm going to pawn off Landon Collins on the highest bid, or I'm going to eat that contract one or the other. That's number one. I'm going to bring in Eric Reed to show up my defense, not just as a player, but as a leader. And it's a shame I got to go out on the street to get a goddamn leader. But that secondary needs to be showed up. They need to be able to look to somebody and say, all right, I, I can run with him. And I think Eric Reed is that guy because Eric Reed's that guy. You know, he, he's been he's had a solid career before the situation with the NFL. But I think it's two guys they got to play. And it's – I think the move for Curl is one. But I think you got to either get the Shazer in or you got to promote Reeves and diminish the role of McCain or somebody else. Um, Second, I think – I hear what you're saying, BJ, about the coordinators in the offense. But I think you – I think coordinators give players more – say over the first 15 because most guys even if you like hear the sideline talk they'll always ask what are you comfortable with so it's not that he's working in something he's not comfortable with his uncomfortableness is coming from the fact that he cannot and this is being specific to taylor haneke that they took away his legs and that's i mean if you if you got a powerful right hook 
and you in a boxing match and you hit the dude with your best shot and he look at you and smile, that changes your whole demeanor. And that's what it felt like to me watching the game was they took away his power punch and then he started looking for answers. And it wasn't the play calling because that he almost screwed up the one touchdown he had down the scene to Ricky Seals Jones. So I I always come back and I wish and I'm gonna start to look and see if NFL Network has the all twenty two because this all twenty two right here would be real juicy because I think he missed or he looked away from some stuff that was there. And I'm not trying to take Ron Rivera's side, but it's just from the way the the designs of what they do felt like he missed some things and he left some stuff on the field. Um, just like the Giants game, he missed Humphrey screaming down the middle. So I, I can't always say it's on the coordinator because I think coordinators give you what you like in the first 15 especially. But I think they do it throughout the game too. Hmm? I, I'll give you that. I just, man, we we on here searching for answers. I'm I'm being honest. I think we shouldn't hit the panic button. No, no, no. I don't want to hit the panic button. But something has to change because what we're doing right now. Now you know, I this is not Joe Gibbs. You know, Joe Gibbs will come in at halftime, take the whole game plan, and literally throw it in the trash can, and install something new at the half. And you come out and you see a totally different team. I know I'm not going to get that. I'm not. I'm not expecting that. But what I'm expecting is when you take away one thing, like you said, they took away his legs. Then something else should have came. It's it's certain things that we do well certain weeks and certain times during games. They work well, and then we go away from. And it's not like they're working well to build something out, build something up. They work well, work well, work well. Okay, let's try something else. No, keep going with what works until they stop it. And all right now, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I'll give you that, but there are plays where I think, like the reason I started this message to you guys with the three words execution, 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 is because I felt there were three or four plays where if the quarterback does his job, this is a different ball game. The two early throws to Terry, the throw to Deami Brown, and to keep it simple, the throw on the third and two to Humphreys that hit the ground four yards before he even got to him. And I'm not even going to talk about the screen that he missed. So it's like we're a team, and this is how I'm going to say this. It has to be perfect. It has to be 82 and sunny. He can't – it's hard for them from a talent standpoint because of who they don't have um, and what they're not doing on defense. For them to miss on certain things, they got it. If they got it, they got to take advantage of the opportunity. If not, we're going to see a lot more of these twenty-seven to thirteens, these thirty-eight to thirteens, because they're not going to be able to make up for when he misses. Especially as you guys said all night tonight, so eloquently, not with this defense playing this way. Agreed. Now, let's look forward. We're in week seven. The Washington football team travels to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the freaking Packers next week. I haven't even looked at the line. I guarantee you this line is going to be double digits by Sunday if it ain't already. But here's my problem. 
is this a winnable game? Let, let, let's just put let, – let me just ask that. Is this a winnable game? Yes. Okay. I mean, if you wake up and compete, every game is a winnable game. <laughs> and that's I'm what sorry. I did. Doug, I mean, Doug, I, I played high school baseball at Carroll. We was O and whatever, but I felt – You went out there and competed. I'm, we playing. We gonna you gonna get the best shot that we got. Um, we might be owing nineteen afterwards, but yeah, I'm gonna feel good about myself when I leave. And I think, like, I think what we forgot in this part of this was, if you looked at the schedule from the beginning, you had a feeling that we were gonna be two and four, two and five. The problem is now you gotta figure out how you recover from that two and five to resurrect and make anything better than that. So that's why you always hear coaches say, don't tell me about the pregnancy, tell me about the baby. Right now, we in the pregnancy. Right now, we in all them stages, the trimesters. So you can't tell me about this right now because all we're really worried about is the end result. And we've seen teams time after time get better as the season go along. You know, this is why Tom Izzo is one of the best coaches at Michigan State. You get better as the season goes, and sometimes you fix those holes. And when you get the competition down to where it's at your level, which is going to happen after they play, um, when they play the Broncos, Carolina, the Raiders, and some of the other teams. So I think there's a chance that they can still recover this. I don't think they're drowning yet. So I believe in processes. So I think the process can play itself out for them to figure this out here's my thing and we we came in to the saints game and we said okay you got a stretch of four games you got the saints the chiefs the packers the bronco well actually it's more than four games and at that time we were talking all the way up to the raiders so we had a stretch of games and i was like okay out of that game out of that stretch of games we should lose two we shouldn't lose no more than two so i was thinking chiefs and Buccaneers, every other game should be wins. We should have beat Saints. No doubt in my mind, we should have beat them. Didn't execute. The Chiefs game was iffy. We should. That's a game we should have won. Now this Packers game coming up, Sunday, 1 p.m., it's already nine and a half point favorites for Green Bay. This is the, it, now we're down to must-win games because if you, they're second in the NFC East. Washington has to start building a foothold now we've been in this situation before years where we've been three and six five and seven uh five and six and we reeled off five straight wins five straight wins seven straight wins just to make the playoffs and we went in as one of the hottest teams not saying that's going to happen now i'm 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 just like okay Here's the problem. We got a lot of games coming up that need to win, but we got to take it one week at a time. And focusing on the Packers, we got to beat them. And, I mean, we got to beat them resoundingly. Nine-and-a-half-point spread. That, that, that favorite by uh, 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 for the Green Bay Packers. We, and I thank you to the Midnight Rider for, for joining us, and thank you for that line. We have to beat Green Bay because I lost to Green Bay, and then we got to travel to, to uh, Denver to face Delonte's Broncos. You can't lose to Denver, can't lose to Green Bay, and then you can't hope to beat the Buccaneers, okay? Things have to happen. 
things have to transpire. This team needs to play inspired ball. And after what happened Sunday with what that day was and they didn't play inspired ball, that's a problem for me. And last but not least, before we get out of here, what ha- what Sunday represented? Sunday was the, the retiring of Sean Taylor's 21. Um, deservedly so. A lot of people were upset about it. Um, some alumni did not show up. Uh, it was a rush ceremony, in my opinion. Um, but hey, they they went through with it anyway. Um, the 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 worst part about it, Jackson Mahomes. He decided to go over to the 21 yard line where they had Sean Taylor's 21 in burgundy and gold painted on the sideline at the 21 yard line and record a TikTok of him dancing on the 21. And I've seen people, I, I sent out a tweet and I've seen people respond and say, you know, what the hell was he thinking? What was his motive? Things like that. Now here's my tweet, my tweet. And this is what I said verbatim. A Slim, you just pressed to go viral. You could have did your little dance elsewhere on the field. Decided to disrespect Sean Taylor instead. You're disrespectful as fuck. Now, I know people from every part of D.C. I know Cowboy fans, Washington fans, fans of teams out of town. Everybody said the same thing. If I was there, I should I would have knocked his teeth out. Because that's just disrespectful all the way. Now, here's my thing. If I went to Kansas City and y'all were honoring Joe Delaney, for those that don't know, too young to know, Joe Delaney gave his life trying to save three kids that were drowning. If I went to Kansas City while you were honoring Joe Delaney and decided to make a TikTok dancing on his number, wouldn't you want to fight me? Dirk Thomas, too. That's another beloved figure. Dirk Thomas. If I went and did that, wouldn't you want to fight me? Wouldn't you want to knock me out? Because you had every right to knock my block off. Not sure what Jackson Mahomes, uh, 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 I don't, I'm not sure what his his deal is. But for lack of a better term, bro, you fucked up with this. And you a fucked up individual for what you did. I don't care about your your bullshit ass apology because everybody had to hit you with telling you how wrong you are for you to apologize. Now, granted, JP Finlay confirmed that they told them to stand over there, but even if they told you to stand there, why would you make a video dancing on Sean Taylor's number? Brother. Um, and I know we got to get out of here. I just want to just say this real quick. I thought that the, uh, the alumni weekend and the, the Sean Taylor thing as a whole was just, just hot, hot fire, hot dumpster fire. Um, I thought it was very, 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 very piss poorly planned, uh, not well thought out, uh, not a long enough tribute. Um, uh, you know, I think that the four and a half minutes they, you know, took to honor Sean Taylor just wasn't enough. Um, so that's that, I, you know, to, to say that you've been planning this, 
since the beginning of the season and to see what transpired on the field was just absolutely nonsense and uh, disgraceful. Into Jackson Mahomes, um, brother, you know, you're talking about somebody, and I'm not defending him because when you go into other places, just like you go as a – if you go into somebody else's hood, you, you already know what the deal is. You kind of educated yourself and where not to go, what not to do, what colors not to wear. So Jackson Mahomes, he's not going to get a pass, but he has no idea what 21 means to the Washington football team organization. He probably doesn't know who he is and why. And I know JP Finley confirmed it, but why were they told, why is anybody standing on the 21? That's what I just don't get that. Why is anybody even if it's chained off? Why is anybody allowed to go inside the chains on the twenty-one, other than maybe players and their family, Chantel's family, the alumni that want to take a picture? Fine. Why is Jackson Mahomes, because he's Patrick Mahomes' brother, allowed on the twenty-one? Why is he on the sideline? And I, you know, I, why I, is he on the field? Yeah, that's. I get it. You, you know, you're Patrick Mahomes' brother. Patrick Mahomes is one of the faces of the league. You know, you get the on the field pass. Blah blah blah. I get it. But it should like, bro. I've been to the stadium and got chewed out because, you know, the game ended. We weren't leaving fast enough. <laughs> Every time. But you telling me it's somebody dancing on Sean Taylor's number on the field? Like, get out of here, man. Like, come on. Um, yeah, he. I don't really think the p- apology was sincere because from what I read, he was caught dumping water on a Ravens fan at a Ravens game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he. I don't know if he did it from the suite or where, wherever he did it from. So like, the the past is there. Like the 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 when when you when you look at people's history, you already got a history of being a malcontent. So yeah, I mean. To say, you know, it, it, bro, like for real, like if we're going somewhere and I know you're not up to speed, I got to put you up to speed. Hey, man, this weekend, don't do – if I'm Patrick Holmes, don't do nothing stupid this weekend. They're honoring Sean Taylor. This is a big thing for them. You know what I'm saying? Keep yourself out of trouble. But, you know, it, it happened. And for, you know, this organization, these are the type of things that happen to these this organization. They just take a black eye after another black eye, another black eye, man. As soon as that one healed, they get hit again. You know, mm-hmm. it's to the point where it started. You starting to get brain damage now. You know, um, if he dies, he dies. That's that's where we are. You know, getting hit with the Washington football team or as an organization. So I, I just thought it was, you know, it, it was very. Let me let me let me speak the positive. It was very nice to see Sean's family. His grown daughter from the pictures, you know, I used I saw her as a baby when Sean's holding her. To see her at the field um, as a young woman honoring her father, that was awesome. I just don't think it was well thought out. I, I really thought this should have been done way better than that. Um, you know, um, and, and, and that's the type of event. If I'm the Washington football team fan, I'm giving the tickets out in the area. I want the stadium packed. Can you imagine what that would have been like if that stadium was full? Like it's they, a different feeling. 
Yeah, that they did a couple of shots of CBS from, you know, looking from the field up. And I was just like, man, is, is it 30,000 people there? Because, like, the upper bowl was damn near empty. The mid midsection was empty. And then, of course, you know, the seats, you know, match the team's color. But then the Chiefs have red. So you, I'm trying to see in the lower bowl, like, how many Chiefs fans are here? You can't – I can't really tell. You know, but then you go into the, the closer shots and it's like a little like 50-50, you know. So it, you as as Washington football team fan, you didn't even get to enjoy that moment. That's, that should have been – look, at that point, I'm going into the neighborhoods. Hey, see you Sunday. Here go two tickets. I'm giving everybody in Landover two tickets. Every address in Landover get two tickets. Whatever's not sold, we need you here. So this is a cry to the, the cry to the fan base that for the most part, this team and franchise is alienated and embarrassed. Like I'm, I'm, you know, hey, random houses. Hey, come get. We giving we giving away tickets. Uh, if if it was planned correctly, we giving away tickets Wednesday and Thursday of last week. From this time to this time, I guarantee you that stadium would have been full. Mm. I can agree. I can agree. And I, I like what you said about going to different houses and things and giving away tickets. Like that's what it used to be. Remember, we they would give away tickets at job functions. They would, hey, certain job did something or they was a part of the sponsorship group and we giving out tickets. They didn't give out sweets. They didn't give out nothing in the sweets. Because remember oh, the first game that. we ever went to, the first game we ever went to was through my job at the time. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, uh, 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 Big Jim's wife, Valerie, my sister. She got us those tickets. And we went to our first game. Now, this is 21 years ago. Christmas Eve, 2000. Uh, North Turner had been fired. We got to see the first black head coach in Washington Redskin history in Terry Rubisky. Uh, He coached um, his... Uh, no, the next game was the final game. He, it was the next to last game, and they didn't bring him back. But Terry Rubisky, uh coached that game against the Cardinals, and they won. We had a string of games where we was going to games, and they was winning the games we were going to. <laughs> yep. It, it, but, I mean, things like that, they don't interact with the community anymore. It's like, you know, you acting like you done won 17 championships in, in 18 years and you looking down the fan base like peasant. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. If, if, if we're not making no money off of it, it's not happening. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the relationship they have. I don't like how this event was planned. And the thing is, you combine this event with Alumni Weekend and you had the alumni out there, so you introduced all, and they put it on Facebook Live. It's about an eleven minute video, maybe if that long. It was on Facebook Live, and they put out the alumni from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and the two thousands. And I've seen a lot of faces from anything after the nineties and possibly the two thousands. But I, I'll say we could stop in the nineties. And if you're going to go in the 2000s, it should only be the 04, the 07s, um, 05, you know, those teams, those, those, 
those Joe Gibbs 2.0 teams. Anything after Joe Gibbs 2.0, unless you really want to bring in RG3, who's begging for a job right now with Washington, um, nobody else should be invited. We're going to talk alumni. We're going to talk about from (laughs) 90s back. And I'll bring a sprinkle of those guys. I was trying to figure out why the hell Rod Gardner was there. Like how was uh, he he's an alumni, but he's not a legend. But but that's what I'm saying. I don't even think he gets to be an alumni. Like this is this is what bad teams do that don't win. They have to mm. celebrate mediocrity. God. They have this is what they do. Rod Gardner mm. was no great receiver here. I'm not bringing him back for alumni weekend. Say it again. Say it again. You have to have look. We ruffle feathers. We ruffle feathers. We, you know, but you have to have some type of standards. And like you said, if you want to bring, you know, Chris Cooley, um, you know, guys like that back, not no bust. I don't want to see no bust at Alumni Weekend. These (laughs) these guys didn't win anything. They didn't do anything here. Why are they be? Why they? Why do they have the alumni? Why do they? Why are they even here? Why? That's you know. Like, you know. I mean, if that was the case, you should have brought uh, Danny Warfare on them back. <laughs> them Florida boys. The Florida boys. Bring the Florida boys back. It, it, here's the thing. I want to see Joe Theismann, Sonny Jerkson, Daryl Green, Charlie Taylor, Larry Brown, John Riggins, uh, Sam Huff, Art Monk, Dave Butts. You know, those are the guys that I want to see. I want to see all those guys from the glory years, from the 70s, 80s, and 90s that are still living. I want to see them. I want to see the guys that, that are living from the 60s. And so we can celebrate them. You know, give them their flowers while they're here. That's, the type, that's what this is supposed to be about. But you bringing guys like Michael Westbrook and Rod Gardner, they ain't bust a goddamn grape here. I'm sorry. That's, okay, you might as well bring back Kenny Watson. Kajana Carter, who had a cup of coffee here. So did Sean Alexander. You might as well bring these guys back What's and say, okay, oh, he's my alumni's. Why, um, why can't I think of uh, – uh, what's the guy that went to sleep on the table? Went to sleep on the table? Remember he went to sleep during halftime? Is it Stubberfield? <laughs> you could bring him back too. Yeah. Him and Big mean, Daddy Wilkinson. <laughs> yeah. Bring these guys back. I mean, Sean like, Gilbert. Hey, if you if, if if you know, bring back Adam Archuleta. Shit, the highest paid punt protector in the league history. Man, it this team can be great, but right now, as of right now, as we speak, it's a shit show. I'm sorry, we can do better. We got to do better. So. We, we got Yeah, we hitting the 59 <laughs> We both saying the same thing. We got to go. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, please be sure to check out uh, Broncos Country Wrap-Up, which is coming up from Delonte. You should have heard that before you heard this. Um, also, part two, uh, Still a Spotlight with Big Jim. Those two shows are before this show, and then you hearing us, get ready for Thursday Night Throwdown. But until then, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We do overtime sometimes, but not tonight. We out of here. Peace.